Good morning. My name is Roland Martin. I am an employee with Empete Luta Otipi. I am a MSW and a licensed addictions counselor with the state of South Dakota. Empete Luta Otipi has five branches and I work with the sweat branch and at the sweat branch we provide level 2.1 intensive outpatient treatment. I'll provide more information about Empete Luta Otipi and our branches later on in the show. What I would like to talk today about is illusions. You might be thinking, what do illusions have to do with addiction treatment? As far as I'm concerned, illusions have everything to do with addiction treatment. Because in addiction treatment, we're very much concerned with healing. In my previous broadcast, I took a lot of time to explain the connection between pain felt within and the addiction itself. All too often, addiction behaviors are attempts to make things better, attempts to feel better, to ease the pain. And in turning to substances to make things better, they usually exasperate the problem and create a whole new list of problems within one's life. So at the root of addiction healing, it's very often we have to work through the pain. Which brings me to today's topic, basically, which is illusion. You might be asking, what do illusions have to do with pain? Now, I'm not talking about the type of pain you would feel when you stub your toe. I'm talking about the painful emotions felt within from early in life to present time. All too often, the pain is too much in early life. And so young people learn to bury it, repress it, become numb, don't feel it. And when this happens, it becomes a good programming of the mind that results in addiction and other unwanted life behaviors. This pain reveals itself in high rates of suicide, addiction, assault, abuse, neglect, violence, and other things that are unwanted within our communities and families and within ourselves. Hurt people hurt people, and we have a long history of oppression. We have a long history of historical trauma, which does connect itself from the past from the 1800s to this day, right now, this very second, within all of us. So, how do illusions come into the picture. Emotional pain has everything to do with perception. How we perceive something determines our emotions attached to it and then from there our behaviors. We are not upset about facts. We are upset over our interpretation of a fact. And when I talk about perceptions, I'm talking about the things that was experienced earlier in life, usually in our developmental years. And also this includes pre-verbal and interutero development. Before we get going too far here, I would like to get a definition of illusions read to you. It's a, a thing that is or is likely to be wrongly perceived or interpreted by the senses. So this would be our five senses. A sub bullet point in the definition is a deceptive appearance or impression. The illusion of family togetherness, for example. Another sub-bullet point in the definition is opposite of reality, a false idea or belief. And here's another one I think is important. It's from Marion Webster. It goes, perception of something objectively existing in such a way as to cause misinterpretation of its actual nature. I'm going to read that one more time. Perception of something objectively existing in such a way as to cause misinterpretation of its actual nature. 
Now this is really important to consider in a young child that is exposed to its parents who are drinking or drugging in that child's presence. At that moment, there is no security, no safety, no place to go. And then there is a traumatization that occurs within that child if it is exposed to arguing, fighting, shouting, somebody getting hit, and other violent things. Things breaking and other things that go along with that. Or, just as bad, if the child is left someplace, at a relative's house, a friend's house, someplace where mom and dad are not present for extended periods of time, the child feels the absence and experiences a sense of abandonment. A child can receive a felt sense of neglect. When they have an emotional state going on with inside them, they reach out to the parent, but the parent may be unable to be present for the child due to their alcohol or drug use. And all too often, the child may have nobody to turn to. So what happens is they walk with it, they bury it, it gets carried within, emotionally repressed within them. There are many other destructive, destructive events that could happen in a child's development years, which I don't need to go on to here, but you get the point. At that young age, the child has no idea of the dynamics at work that results in its parents in the throes of addiction. That young child cannot comprehend the nature of things at that time. But what that young child will do is have imprinted upon them a felt sense of, I don't count, I am not enough, no one cares, no one loves me, or I'm guilty, I'm shameful, etc. So this takes me back to the definition of illusion. Merriam-Webster has it. Perception of something objectively existing in such a way as to cause misinterpretation of its actual nature. A young child is not equipped with the ability to understand what's happening in front of them. All they know is they are left with a felt sense of pain, of which I've already defined. So, I would look at that. Is it true that this child is unloved, unimportant, not enough, alone? Of course not. That is completely false. A misperception. Technically, placing it under the definition of illusion. And this illusion, which is also a perception, is very painful and when unprocessed becomes a part of the subconscious self becomes a core belief about oneself which could be carried throughout a lifetime a painful thing to carry with weight and it takes energy to carry it so again it's important to understand this falls in the category of perception and it falls under the definition of illusion somebody can even argue at that moment the child did not count. It was not enough and no one cared because the alcohol and drugs took first place. So therefore the child was correct. Well that argument is also false. It is incorrect in consideration of what's found in Black Elk Speak. Within that book there's a look into our culture that gives us a deeper understanding of spiritual concepts that directly applies to what I'm talking about here. Now this is an excerpt from Black Elk Speaks. Open quote. The first piece which is the most important is that which comes within the souls of people when they realize their relationship, their oneness with the universe and all its powers. 
End quote. As I've talked about in previous broadcasts, the important part in this paragraph is when they realize their relationship, their oneness with the universe and all its powers. So when I read that, what I'm seeing here is Black Elk is talking about something that already is within us. It's always been there. It's there now. It was there when we were born. It was there before we were born. It's ever-present, waiting for us to realize the true nature of our existence, our soul, which is oneness. It's the true nature of spirit that we cannot change. So, when a child has an early life experience that results in a child have an inner message that says, I don't count, I am not enough, no one cares, no one loves me, or I am guilty or shameful. These are illusions. They are false perceptions when compared to the truth that Black Elk speaks of. Now, when Black Elk speaks about these things in his books, it's not just him saying this. This is the same message you will find around the world through Aboriginal people of all different times. It's always the same message that the nature of spirit, the nature of all things are oneness. To sort of recap here, what I'm talking about is these, uh, the pain carried within, which is typically the roots of addiction, the pain themselves are based in a type of misinterpretation, uh, a wrong perception, technically an illusion. When we consider the truth that Black Elk speaks about and many other Aboriginal nations around the world who talk about the concepts of oneness, of the nature of spirit. And then again, we can consider that this uh, illusionary state we have is carried within most of us. But then again, when you think about it, we live in a world of perception. Everything is perceived, open to interpretation. So let's bring this back to addiction work, the healing process of addiction. Now, if a, if a, a young child develops these early self beliefs, these core concepts of themselves at an early age, these are very painful and they hurt. And whatever is repressed will be relived constantly. It's called Return of the Repressed by Sigmund Freud. It's a rule of the mind. Whatever is in the mind will be projected out. Whatever is repressed will be projected out and relived over and over again. For example, if these uh, core beliefs, I don't count, I am not enough, no one cares, no one loves me, I am guilty, I am shameful, if, these, if this is what is carried within, this is what will be relived. And they are typically relived at the times we are most angry and or depressed, which then typically results in addiction behaviors to medicate the pain. Now. People don't go and say, I'm feeling unloved, I'll have a beer. They don't say, oh, I feel like I don't count, I'm going to get a beer. They don't do that because they are completely unaware of what's felt inside because of the repression. This, these things don't, don't feel good, so they bury them. And in doing so, they never really get in contact with, with what's felt inside. And so as a result, when, you, when they drink beer or do drugs, they want more. That's not surprising. So we should remember now. Stay focused. We are talking about illusions. 
illusions are really at the base of addiction itself because at the base of addiction research has shown that people often drink away their pain and in doing so develop addiction behaviors. Now trauma itself is based in perception, how we perceive something and typically our perception is wrong and false in the light of black elk. It could be recognized as illusion. This is the application of culture within addiction treatment. I believe at the foundation of our culture is a spiritual foundation. When we start to understand these things, we start to see a path into healing. It's about awakening to what has always been. It's not learning, it's unlearning. Unlearning the conditioned state of mind that developed in our earlier years through exposure to all the hard things that young people really shouldn't be exposed to. We may receive a surface understanding that there is oneness, that is the nature of things, but it's not our experience. The real learning or awakening occurs only through experience, and to acquire that type of vision requires clearing out the fog, getting all the blocks to the awareness of love's presence out of the way. And what are these blocks? All the painful things we repress. These things keep being relived over and over. So as long as these things are carried within, they're hurtful stuff. This will forever blur our vision. Have us walk around in a fog, constantly reliving the past without knowing it. In consideration of the message Black Elk has for us, we should also consider a very, very powerful illusion we all walk with. It is, I am an individual, all unto myself, and I am a body. In oneness, there are no bodies. Bodies entail boundaries. Bodies entail duality, the opposite of oneness. Now what I just said there is understood in different cultures throughout different times. And to help support what I said there, I'm going to read another excerpt from Black Elk Speaks. Open quote. Crazy Horse dreamed and went into the world where there is nothing but the spirits of all things. That is the real world that is behind this one. And everything we see here is something like a shadow from that one. End quote. So, in this excerpt, it's referring to the spiritual realm as the real world. And that what we have here in the physical world is like a shadow of the real world. And this makes perfect sense to me, as it's been said in different ways. We are spirit, heaven humanic spirits. We are spirit believing we are human. The true nature of the universe cannot change. Who are we? Or what could change what the Creator creates? It's not possible. But what could happen is, we can believe ourselves to be bodies, we can believe ourselves to have a human experience, we can believe all the uh, misperceptions of childhood experiences that leave us with a felt sense of, I don't count, I am not enough, no one cares, no one loves me, or I am guilty or shameful, all of which are false misperceptions. They fit into the category under the definition of illusion. When viewed through a basic framework that Black Elk provides us, 
And again, it's not just black elk. It is the basic aboriginal belief systems found around the world and throughout time. So when we see these things in a spiritual light, the concepts that black elk provides us, we begin to see above it, around it. We see that the, what we have here is illusion we have, something to be let go of, something to release, something to unlearn. And in doing so, our vision improves because no longer are we walking in the fog of all this misperception, this disillusion. When we get the blocks out of the way, we are left with the truth itself, our natural inheritance. We know we are on the right path when we start to lift these things and what occurs is a natural feeling of lightness, a natural happiness, a peace, a knowing that I'm okay, I've always been okay. Now I know these concepts are hard to get because most of our minds don't think like this. We're not really exposed to these concepts. Before the great cultural genocide that occurred, primarily through boarding schools, it was our natural way of being. It was a, a mindfulness way of existing. The spirit realm was very open to us. We were very aware of it. We were more spiritually awake. Today we are less aware of the spiritual nature of everything and more with the, uh, the belief that we are a body. And as long as we walk with this very strong belief system that we are a body, now we're very much vulnerable because bodies are attacked bodies are abandoned, bodies are rejected, they are neglected, they are wounded, abused, devalued, and whatever else that is very painful. To help strengthen this point, think about the World War I, World War II, people that were uh, captured and held prisoner and eventually sometimes lined up and shot. Imagine if you was held prisoner with 15 other fellow soldiers and they inform you that your group will be executed the next morning. You'll be hung. How would you feel that night and the day it happens? Imagine the next morning they escort all 15 of you up to the gallows and they're putting ropes around your necks and you're standing there. What would that be like? Is it safe to say, well, how I feel will depend on how I look at it, how I view it? how I perceive it. I would say 99.99% of the world will look at it as tragic, very fearful. One would say to himself, I am going to die. Does that sound reasonable? Then again, what if that group had within them some type of, of understanding that they're going home, that their time here is done, that they're going back to some place that's great. And with this felt sense of peace within, the 15 soldiers went up, shook the hands of the captives and smiled, sang a, a peaceful song and left this world in peace. Is that possible? It's not only possible, but it happened. With the Dakota 38 that were hung in Mankato, Minnesota in 1862, it was documented that the Dakota 38 smiled and shook the hands of the ones about to hang them. And they sang a song as they prepared to leave this world. This peace within is possible when we have the right perception, when our vision is more in line with what is real. And let's don't forget, what we perceive reflects what's carried within. Whatever is within will be projected out. 
if we start to learn how to release aspects of our faulty core belief systems, such as I don't count, I am not enough, no one cares, no one loves me, or I am guilty, I'm shameful, that's just to name a few. If we learn how to release those, our perception starts to become more in line with what Black Elk speaks of in his book. Now, what I talked about here today is nothing I've made up. It's nothing from me. This uh, understanding of things is already understood throughout the world in different times and in today's time. Many books are written on it. So today I wanted to focus on illusions. What are they and how do they fit into the recovery aspect of things because when it comes to recovery from addiction it's really a healing path. My broadcast today is going to be made short. I was sick all week and I'm still not completely well. If you want to provide any feedback I appreciate it. I'm going to be giving different branch offices phone numbers. Should you want to hear this broadcast again it's going to be found on Spotify under Native Addiction Healing and the episode is going to be titled illusions. It won't only be on Spotify, but it will be on other podcast formats. If you would like access to Spotify, simply go to your Play Store in your phone, type in Spotify, it'll show up, install it, simply sign up, and you're on your way with no cost. Again, my name is Roland Martin. I work at Ampetitul TP. We have an office in Martin. The phone number is 605 6400. An office in Pine Ridge. The number is 605-867-5595. An office in Kyle. 605-455-2331. An office in Wombly. 605-462-6480. And, the, and my office in Sweat. 605-685-1582. Should someone be seeking help for addiction services, simply call one of the offices and they will be set up with a drug and alcohol assessment. Your drug and alcohol assessment will likely wind up with a recommendation for outpatient, of which TP can service you for that need. Or if your drug and alcohol assessment resulted in a recommendation for residential treatment, we can get you placed in a residential facility and provide transportation to the facility and back. That's all I have for today. Thanks for listening.